Uh, as we move forward into the new year, I just want to uh, kind of begin announcements by sharing with you where we're going to be going in the teaching component. Uh, you know, the last few weeks I've been sharing with you kind of some foundational, maybe drive the stake in the ground, biblical truths to help launch us into 2023. Uh, for the next four weeks, we're actually going to continue sort of in that broad theme, but we're going to be looking at biblical stewardship. And depending on your church background, you may be very familiar with stewardship, you may not. Uh, but I just want to let you know that's where we're going. Uh, I am going to be including the elders in the teaching component of that. We have some very gifted teachers here, and so Mark's going to be uh, bringing the word today. And I'm really hoping, my prayer in doing this is that collectively as a church, moving into 2023, and then for you as an individual and you as a family, that through the teaching of stewardship, right, that God would speak to us and that we would begin to understand what it is to manage, that's what stewardship is, really management, of all that God has given us. You know, sometimes in our, in our lives we, we get caught up with sort of, especially in our culture, we live in a very private ownership. It's mine, I bought it, I can do what I want with it, you know. And truthfully, from a biblical perspective, we're just stewards of it all. Whether it's uh, a little or it's plenty, the unifying truth for all, everyone in the church is that we're just a steward of it all. And so over the next several weeks, uh, my prayer is that we would all grow in this area and that we would respond to what God speaks to us about biblical stewardship. A few announcements as we continue to move into the new year. Our annual meeting, February 18th at 9.30 a.m. If you're new to the church uh, and you're new to sort of the concept of annual meetings, it's something we need to do legally as a 501c3 uh, corporation in California. Uh, But beyond the legal aspect, what we do is we review... Uh, the budget, and kind of went through what we uh, experienced and praised God for in 2022. And then once we get through all that, we share the vision for 2023. And, uh, you know, be honest with you, I know sometimes you're like annual meeting and most of you go, ugh, right? There's this collective, ugh. Uh, But we encourage you. It's important. It matters. Um, The Lord has been so faithful over 13 years that we've been a church to provide uh, the elders here are incredible stewards of the resources he provides. So annual meeting is coming up. We invite all of you. Uh, also, in 2023, we're going to start today uh, updating our database. If you don't know, we have a database with names and addresses, emails, all that kind of stuff. Uh, every once in a while, we need to update it and uh, do our best to stay on top of it. We know, so we know we live in a fluid culture. And so if you would like to make sure that your information that we have is current, uh, Ailee will be at a table out front uh, with a computer. You can just pop over there and uh, give her name, your name, and she'll just see what we have, and you can update anything that needs to be updated. Uh, a ministry opportunity moving forward. This is a homeless shelter. Some of you know that for years and years in the Ohio Valley, various churches have participated in the homeless shelter. Uh, well, we have an opportunity. We're going to be providing lunches or meals the uh, third and fourth Sunday of each month, and what we have is an opportunity, if you would like to participate in the donation component of that, okay, it's not necessarily making the meals, it's donations, so there'll be a sign-up sheet on the welcome cart, and uh, Cindy, is it Cindy Mullins, it's going to be contacting you, if you would like to be on the, uh, you know, on-call list for donations for the homeless lunches moving forward, it's kind of like a month-to-month as-needed basis, sign up, and... uh, the opportunity to bless the community by just donating uh, to the lunches. Uh, administration kind of component here, 2022 giving statements. 
we do our best to get them out to you. I know that many of you need it for tax purposes. So there's three ways that you can um, get your tax statement for 2022. Uh, starting today, uh, Pastor Tyler has a bunch of hard copies uh, of those. He'll be out front. So if you see Pastor Tyler, give him your name. He'll give you a hard copy. There's also two, two other options you see there on the boards. Uh, snail mail, we still mail it out if you want to do that. And then email uh, bill at ovcfchurch.org for both of those options. Uh, this is also, um, also on our bulletin and our website if you need more information. But uh, we really want to get those out to you as soon as possible. Women's ministry. Uh, Kathy is inviting all the ladies to kind of participate, right, Kathy? And in seeking the Lord together and in hearing from you about the vision for 2023 and beyond. Uh, how many ladies here have done the survey? Anyone? Okay, a number of you. We encourage you, ladies, in the lobby right there, there's a uh, piece of paper that says Women's Ministry Survey. There's some in the commons. And also online, if you go to the homepage, you can scroll down. Uh, Kathy and her team would really love to hear from you about your input and about you personally. So take a few moments. It doesn't take that long. Uh, and it, what it does is it helps her and her team seek the Lord for the vision and direction of women's ministry. Uh, and sometimes, you know, in church we feel like, oh, well, it's just the leaders and they set the agenda and they never want to hear from us. Well, this is actually an opportunity uh, for you ladies collectively um, to participate. Okay, so take a few moments and, and do that survey. And then uh, finally, Jordan, come on up. All right, we got one last announcement. It's a youth announcement, of course. I'm sure you guys saw that coming. Uh, you know, we, we have an event coming up. Uh, last year, at the end of the school year, we did our first all-nighter, and uh, it was wild. Uh, a couple students stayed up all night. I was impressed by and I was like, you know, I kind of want to make it a challenge to see if the students, all the students can do that. So we're going to do that again, and it's going to be February 17th, which is a Friday. It'll go to Saturday uh, the next day, it would be from 6.30 p.m. Friday to 8 a.m. Saturday. Uh, and we're also going to be going to Sky Zone, uh, which has changed. It was Defy. Now it's back to Sky Zone. So we're going to go there for a couple hours. They have the, uh, it's like the, they turn off all the lights and it's all glow in the dark. So we haven't done that yet. So we're going to do that for a couple hours, uh, go down in the evening, come back, and then just have a night of fun and probably no sleep. So if you're willing to send your students to that, we'll be doing that. Uh, signups are by February 8th, which is a Wednesday, I believe. Uh, and the, the money, it's, it's about 40 bucks to cover the you know, ticket for going there and some gas. Uh, so please sign up by the 8th. And uh, the cost, you can you know, send that to me whenever up until when we leave. And, of course, if you have any questions, you can always email me, call me, text me, or you know, just catch me here. So uh, with that, if you would stand, we're going to continue in worship, and I'm going to pray for us. So Richie said we're starting kind of a new series uh, today, going for four weeks. I'm the first one. Richie, uh, it was really cool when he uh, kind of broached this with the elders a couple of weeks ago. Um, really gave each of us uh, and encouraged us and kind of pressed us to uh, take real liberty as it relates to how to approach this topic of stewardship. Because I think when we hear the word, typically our minds kind of go to money, you know, to kind of finances and tithing and that kind of stuff. And that's a legitimate element and aspect of uh, stewardship. But he said, you know, just seek the Lord and let the Lord kind of direct each of you in kind of how 
he wants you, where he wants you to go. So I'm not talking about money. I'm not talking about finances. We're going to be talking about something else, and I'll tell you in a little bit what that is. But um, Richie kind of did this in a, in a little bit, but we're going to look initially at just a definition of stewardship. What is stewardship? So here's just a couple of definitions. Uh, first is, being a Christian is not just a title, it's a position. The position is that of a steward, a person responsible and entrusted with the management of another's possessions. As stewards, all we do should be directed by the desires of the owner, in this case, God, and the owner's desires and instructions are clearly understood by what he said, God said, in his word, the Bible. So there's just a simple definition of what stewardship is. Let's look at one more. Stewardship isn't a subcategory of the Christian life. Stewardship is the Christian life. After all, what is stewardship except that God has entrusted us life, time, talents, money, possessions, family, and his grace? And in each case, he evaluates how we regard what he has entrusted to us and what we do with it. He evaluates how we regard what he's given us, what he's entrusted us with, and what do we do with it. Um, So we're going to look at stewardship from a particular vantage point, but before we do that, I want to kind of put this concept of stewardship in context. So uh, I don't know how many of you are perhaps like I am, but I live very much in the moment. I'm just kind of, I live day by day, not too concerned about the past. I don't look too far down the road. I just kind of live for today, deal with today. I'm just kind of very oriented. So who's like me? Who, who's kind of a, a live for the moment, live in the day kind of a thing? That's kind of how I approach life. But God, to his credit, and what is so cool is that God's not that way at all. God is very much in the moment, and it's important for us to be focusing in on the moment But this story of stewardship is this eternal story, in all honesty. Um, Everything that exists, everything in history, everything in the future, every person that is sitting here or watching, every human that's ever lived, every current event that's going on today, everything that's happened in your life this week, everything that's going to happen in your life next week, it's all exists for one purpose and one purpose alone, and that is the accomplishment of God's purposes and God's will. Everything from the moment of creation till the culmination of of life and and those of us who have put our faith in Christ live in eternity, the purpose of everything that exists is to accomplish the will and purpose of God. The story really began in creation, as did stewardship, and it culminates with the second coming of Christ. Paul tells us in Ephesians 3, to me, though I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God, who created all things so that through the church... The manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was in accordance with the eternal purpose that God has realized in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. So God, 
God is God. He's outside of time. He's outside of space. He created. And he created with a purpose in mind. And that purpose in God's own wisdom was kept mysterious and as a mystery until the Lord Jesus came. And Jesus was the absolute revelation of what this mystery was that God had in his heart, in his mind, in in creating. And it was manifest through Christ that the church, who's the church? If you are part of the church, raise your hand. That's you, that's me. That the church is how God is manifesting his eternal purpose that he realized in Christ and is manifesting through you and I. In the garden, when God created, he gave stewardship to humans. Genesis 2.15 tells us, the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work and to keep it. So right from the very beginning in those first hours and days of creation, God's mentality, his purpose was for human beings in the context of a personal relationship with him, because that's the way things were in the garden, to in fact steward, to manage, to take care of what God had given to human beings at the time. But then obviously comes the fall. Um, Adam and Eve chose not to believe, not to trust in the Lord, to disobey him, and were uh, sent out of the garden, and there were consequences of that choice on their part that were articulated in Genesis 3. But even though all of that happened, God's purpose and God's plan and God's stewardship that he wants from us didn't change at all. It's still going to happen the way that God intended. So the principle of stewardship continued through all of the Old Testament. There were lots of twists and turns, uh, certainly if you just think about all the stories and all the history in the Old Testament. But ultimately, he took them into Israel, his chosen nation, into the promised land, and he gave them stewardship over it. He gave them the law, he gave them the precepts to keep them on the straight and narrow, telling them if they loved him with all their hearts and they obeyed his commandments, that he would bless and he would provide for them. In Deuteronomy 11, it tells us this. God says to Israel, and if you will indeed obey my commandments that I command you today to love the Lord your God and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. He will give the rain for your land in its season, the early rain and the later rain, that you may gather in your grain and your wine and your oil. And he will give grass to your fields for your livestock, and you shall eat and be full. But take care, lest your heart be deceived, and you turn aside and serve other gods and worship them. Then the anger of the Lord will be kindled against you, and he will shut up the heavens so that there will be no rain, and the land will yield no fruit, and you will perish quickly off the good land that the Lord is giving you. So to us in the Old Testament, as well as today, when we love him, when we obey him, when we follow him, he will provide. God gave lots Israel lots of different people over the course of Israel's history. He gave them prophets. He gave them kings. He gave them judges, warriors, wise men. He gave them priests and workers and leaders and all sorts of people that were meant to help Israel properly steward what God had given them. And when each one of those people did the job that they were created for, that God had led them to do and and brought them to do, then his real purpose was accomplished. 
and the world saw that Jesus, I'm sorry, that God was the God of Israel. And everything that happened in creation, everything that happened in the Old Testament was really just leading up to God putting in place, preparing the world for the ultimate steward, who was Jesus. When it comes to stewardship, honestly, when we think about that topic of how do we steward, it's to compare ourselves with Jesus is a little unfair. Um, he was God. Is that, should I ask? Is anybody in here God? No? Okay. I'm glad nobody raised your hands. You're right. That's the right answer. We only have one, and Jesus was him. Uh, so we can't compare ourselves to him, uh, but we, he did show us the way that we, as fallen human beings, as those who have put our faith in him, uh, can, in fact, steward. He did it by telling us. He did it by showing us why he came, his real purpose. Uh, one of the th cool ways that I think, just in such a simple way that he showed us and told us what his will was, is in the first sentence in the Lord's Prayer, where Jesus says, our Father, our Abba, our Papa, who's in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So when Jesus said those words, he had come from the heavens. He knows what goes on there. He knows that the will of God is being accomplished every second, every moment of if there even is time in heaven. It's always being done. And his prayer himself and his prayer giving to us to teach us how to pray was to agree with having God's will be done, God's purposes be done, God's kingdom to be accomplished here on earth. We hear this again from Jesus in John 6. He says, For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. So this talks about his Father having given him people, given him you, given him me, and that his purpose was to not lose anything that his Father had given him. He came to serve, he came to lay down his life for you and me. In the final con one of the final conversations that Jesus had with his father, uh, he talks about what he did, in fact, accomplish in his life. This is in John 17, 4 to 8. Jesus is speaking to his father and he says, I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me. And now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. I have manifested your name to the people whom you gave me out of the world. Yours they were, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know everything, that everything that you have given me is from you. For I have given them the words that you gave me, and they have received them and have come to know in truth that I came from you, and they have believed that you sent me. Everything that Jesus did in his entire life on earth, every thought he had, every word that he spoke, every choice that he made, every relationship that he had, 
every minute of every day of that man's life was solely to accomplish the will that his father had had in sending him to earth. So can we do what Jesus did? No. We're not God. We're not the Son of God. We cannot do what he did. But what we can do is through the power of the Holy Spirit that he has given us when we put our faith in him, we can become more and more like him. When we put our faith in him, when we trust him with all of our hearts, when we walk in his spirit, when we set our minds on him, when we rest in the work that he's accomplished in, on the cross and by resurrecting, when we remember that we are that kairos that Richie's been talking about for several weeks, that never-been-seen, spectacular, supernatural, new creation, when we remember that that is who we are, then we can, in fact, accomplish the will as God. Our purpose, your purpose in life as a believer, just like it was for Jesus as the Son of God, is to do the will of our Father. There's lots of ways that that happens, that we can accomplish the will of God, uh, but we're going to just look at one, and this gets us to the topic of stewardship. So we're going to be focusing on stewarding the gifts that God has given us. And we're just going to look at that for a while. God has given you, every one of you, God has given everybody who's watching today a gift or more gifts to accomplish his will. That's the purpose of the gifts that he has given us, is to accomplish the will of God and his purposes on earth. Um, This uh, aspect of stewardship, of, of stewarding the gifts that God has given us, it's really articulated very simply in 1 Peter 4.10 where it says, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Let me read that again. As each, every one of us has received a gift, use that gift to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. I like the way the Amplified Version puts this. I think it helps flesh it out. The Amplified Version of 1 Peter 4.10 says, Just as each one of you has received a special gift, a special talent, an ability graciously given by God, employ it in serving one another as is appropriate for good stewards of God's multifaceted grace, faithfully using the diverse, varied gifts and abilities granted to Christians by God's unmerited favor. So each of us, by the unmerited, multifaceted, amazing grace of God, are gifted in unique ways. And the differences in these gifts that you have from the person sitting next to you, sitting behind you, the differences in the gifts that we have are as different as we are as people. Um, So some of us are tall. Would you consider yourself on the tall side? Some of us are short. Are some of you perhaps on the short side? Some of us, who's a morning person? Who's a night owl? (laughs) Different types of people. Some of us are, who's an A type? I'm raising my hand, not just to show you to raise a hand. Come on, there are more A types. I know you guys. There are way more A types. Who's a non-A type out there? All right. Creative? I'm leaving my hand down on that one. Creative, are you a creative type? 
How about a left-brainer? You know, everything's logical, everything's structured, organized. Uh, Good-looking? Uh, no, I'm sorry, Ernie. Uh, actually, <laughs> there, have to be, there has to be at least one person on the other side. So, buddy, we love you, but e- easygoing? All right. Versus go-getters, people who just can't stop. So, really, the, di- the, the gifts that we have are as varied and different as we are as people. None are right or wrong, whether you're tall, short, whether you're A-type or not, morning night owl, doesn't matter. It's not good or bad, right or wrong. It's how God made you. It is how God has created you. And to use who you are in God the way he has made you for his purposes and his will. Paul uses the analogy of the human body to talk about the uniqueness and differences of how God gifts each of us. In 1 Corinthians 12, it says this, the human body obviously has many parts But the many parts make up one whole human body. So it is with the body of Christ. I mean, obviously the human body, I mean, externally we've got hands and hair and eyes and toes and all that kind of stuff. And internally there's lots of different parts and pieces. Um, Martin's just had one of his internal parts and pieces kind of worked on and that kind of stuff. So we need all of those parts and pieces, as Martin knows well now. I need that part. I need that piece, you know, for life to go on. And so, um, you know, that is how it is with the body of Christ. There is not a part, there is not a piece of Christ's body that the body doesn't need to function the way that it is supposed to function, to be beautiful, to accomplish the the will of God. And that means you should be saying, oh, that's me. That's me. I am whatever part that is. So the reality is we are each members of the body of Christ and we each have a unique gifting, a unique calling, a unique way of fulfilling our role. Some of us are eyes, some of us are toes, some are ears, Uh, some are, as we talked about, internal organs. You might be an esophagus. You might be a liver, a kidney, a blood vessel. I don't know. I don't know what you are or who you are, but we need all of it. To survive, all the parts are required to make the body function as it was designed. And honestly, I I hope you see how beautiful that is. Think about the human body. If you're not absolutely mesmerized by the complexity and the beauty of the human body and the cells and the DNA and everything all somehow works together and that we function and that we live, that we marry, we have kids, we work, we recreate the things we do. It's all because every part in this body somehow by God's amazing, miraculous creation works. It all works together. That is who you are. That is what the church is, this marvelous, amazing, supernatural, ridiculously beautiful entity, this organism that is you and I functioning together to be beautiful to the world, to bring the beauty and reality of Christ to this world by what every one of us does and contributes. Relating that to the church, the body of Christ, Scripture tells us and gives us many glimpses into some of the types of gifts that God gives to his followers. In Romans 12, 4 to 8, it says this, For as in one body we have many members, and we've kind of talked about all the different parts and pieces inside and outside, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ, 
and individually members one of another, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Let us use them, if prophecy, in proportion with your faith, if service, in our serving, if one who teaches, in his teaching, to the one who exhorts, in his exhortation, to the one who contributes in generosity, to the one who leads with zeal, to the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. So God, God's plan is to give us differing gifts, and it says here, by the grace given to us. They're different based on the particular grace that God has given you. That, Kathy, God has given you specific grace that is for you to exhibit as a gift. Travis, specific grace that God has for Travis Wormington to exhibit the, the supernatural purpose and beauty of God. Kathy P., God has given you specific grace to exhibit the truth and reality of God. In Ephesians 4, 7, and then 11 to 13, it says this, But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. Again, it says, as Christ has chosen and seen fit to give to you and to give to me, that is the grace that has been given to each one of us. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, pastors and teachers to equip his, his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ." So the purpose of this gift, the purpose of your gift, is to equip the church, to equip the body of Christ, to build up, to encourage, to, to build up his body, to build up one another, to bring unity among us that we are knowing that we are the body of Christ, to become mature until we, to, to, to grasp and to experience the fullness of Christ in our lives. Peter gives us one more view of this in 1 Peter 4. He says, Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. There's that statement again, God's varied grace. His purpose, his intent for you that's different than anybody else sitting in this room. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to him be the glory and dominion forever and ever. And everybody said, amen. So there's many Bible scholars who look to this uh, passage in, in 1 Peter looking broadly at the topic of uh, the gifts of the Holy Spirit and sees in here kind of a grouping of two sorts, uh, two categories, one of speaking and one of serving. Um, these categories aren't precise because if you happen to be someone who your gifting is in the serving arena, well, typically you're speaking and talking to people who you are serving. Or conversely, if your gift is in the speaking, you're typically, through speaking, serving someone in some capacity. So don't get too hung up on that. But uh, again, just by, by virtue of kind of how 
Bible scholars sometimes kind of break this down. The gifts of speaking would include apostleship, prophecy, teaching, evangelism, exhortation, discerning spirits, teaching and speaking in tongues, and interpreting tongues. And the gifts of service include leadership, helps, mercy, giving, faith, healing, and miracles. So, um, and those are articulated because those are actually terms and words that are used in the New Testament. Um, when I was much younger in my faith, when I was in my 20s, I really kind of got twisted around the axle about this. I really got kind of hung up over, like, what's my gift? You know, like, no, I have to have, like, a name, you know, not my name, but it's like, I'm a, I'm a this, or my gift is that, I'm a this, you know? And it really kind of messes with your heart and messes with your mind when you're really trying to you know, specifically say, this is what I am, and give me a badge that says, I'm a, I'm a server, I'm a helper, I'm a this, I'm a that. No, no, no. I really encourage you, if that's happened to you, don't, don't get too uh, twisted around the, the axle on that. Um, because it's not the title, it's who you are. What, how you're going to know how God has gifted you is by, it's, frankly, you can't avoid it coming out. Um, it's by the passions that are in your heart. It's by the things that you can't help yourself doing. It's who you are just exuding out based on your, your faith and your trust in Christ. You will know what your gift is. And if for some reason you aren't 100% sure, ask somebody around you. Ask your family members. Ask a good friend. You know what? I'm, I'm just really have a hard time kind of focusing in on what it is. They know who you are, someone who knows you well. Honestly, they'll real quickly be able to say, dude, you know, this is like really, really simple. You are a prayer. You are a servant. Your gift is telling the truth to anyone in situations, that kind of stuff. So don't get too hung up on trying to figure out what yours is, the passions, the gifting, the 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 inclinations that the Lord has given you in your heart will tell you, and asking others is a good way as well. Um, this whole week, as just as I've been preparing to teach today, has been a very encouraging week for me. And it's been a really encouraging week for me because I have spent hours literally thinking about many of you who are sitting in this room and many of you who are watching today. And I would just find myself drifting and thinking about an individual. And I would think about who is that person? Who is that man? Who is that woman? What do they do? What do I see them do? How do they live their lives? And when I would think about that, honestly, I was blessed. And I was encouraged because there are so many of you sitting here and you watching today that are absolutely amazingly using your gifts. Um, um, kind of lost my place, sorry. Um, so I, I, honestly, it's just really beautiful. So can we, each of us, do more than what we do now? Yeah, we can. Can we do it better? Yeah, we can. But if there's any one thing that I felt all week long is that my heart is to encourage you today, to encourage you to be aware of the gifting that God has put in your heart, and to encourage you to pursue it even more, to encourage you to press into what the Lord has given you, to affirm you, to challenge you, to encourage you, to rely on the Holy Spirit more and more, to persevere in what God has given you to do, to find joy, to grow, 
to mature in the things that God has given you to do. Um, and honestly, like I said, I just found myself thinking about a lot of individuals. Um, I spend a lot of time with the elders, and honestly, every one of those men is incredibly gifted in very different ways. But I find myself, honestly, just kind of quickly, I, I think about Tyler Larson. Many of you know Tyler, and you think about the gifting that that man has, the gifting of, of love. Talk about a man who loves anyone and everyone in any and all circumstances. And, and there's just so many of you that I know Tyler is in your life. And Tyler has made a difference in your life because of who he is. He's also a truth teller. He will tell you the truth. And sometimes it's funny and sometimes it's not so funny. And sometimes it's not very blunt. I mean, it's not very uh, sugar-coated either. He can be a pretty blunt guy. But he is so gifted and he uses that gifts for the body of Christ. Um, Tina, think about how many people here have been impacted by Tina's life. The way that Tina um, serves many times behind the scene, works so hard, gives her heart, pours her love and her life into the body. It's amazing. Isaac. Isaac, you back there? Wave, buddy. There he is. Honestly, just Isaac as a young man, thinking about the impact that he has on his peers, on youth, um, frankly, even in the bridge, just he as a young man still finding his way in his faith, learning who he is as a believer in Christ, but a young man who is seeing the giftedness that he has as a leader, as an intelligent young man, as someone who loves Jesus and that love is deepening, impacting the people around him. Sue Brzezowski, I don't think Sue's here, but Sue... I just think of prayer. Sue just so persistently and faithfully is behind the scenes for you and I all the time, leading, encouraging, challenging, helping, supporting people in praying. Um, Matt Norris. Um, Matt is just a stud. <laughs> Matt's just, you know, he's a guy's guy. But Matt... In being that, just has an enormous impact on those around him. At work, I'm sure he just has an, he shares his faith. He is a leader. He is a godly man. Here, he's available for anyone and everyone all the time. He's always working behind the scenes to serve his community, to take care of his family, and to make a difference. Um, these are just people that, as I just went through thinking about them, it was just absolutely amazing. So I just heard a story today, and I got uh, Linda Wilson's permission to tell this. So uh, Linda, I'm just sitting down in the commons, and she comes up and says, oh, I got to tell you a story about pickleball. Um, if you haven't started playing pickleball, it's a great sport. I encourage you to go out and try it. But so there's this gal, Skippy, who plays pickleball with us. And she's one of the regulars, and Skippy's um, older gal, probably in her 60s, and um, really a spunky young, spunky lady, and she's talkative, and she's, you know, just kind of lives life, you know, right, right out in front of you. Well, Skippy has a watch, and Skippy lost, you know, these little pins that kind of hold your watch on the band and stuff? Well, this is a family heirloom watch, so she loses the pin in her watch, and she, and this happened twice now. So the first time, all sorts of people at Pickleball are helping, looking for it, and they find it, 
And so Skippy puts it back on her watch, and she uh, puts it together and that kind of stuff. So in the meantime, Linda says, the Lord has been prompting Linda's heart. Invite Skippy to church. Invite Skippy to church. And Linda, frankly, kind of, oh, no, no, really, I don't want to do that, you know. She resists. She just kind of stiff arms the Lord for a little while, you know. Have you ever, anybody here stiff arm the Lord ever? Come on. Uh, every hand ought to be up, you know. Come on, guys, every hand. I certainly do at times. You know, the Lord kind of prompts you to do something. You go, Seriously? Really? You want me to do that? I would prefer not to. Uh, so Linda just kind of, you know, resists a little bit. So she uh, runs across Skippy. This is just a, a couple of days ago. And Skippy's lost the pin on her watch again. And so uh, Linda finally says, you know what? The Lord just says to her, Linda, this is it. This is the conversation. This is the time. So Linda has the courage to just say, you know what, Skippy, um, I just, you know, I think about you a lot, and I go to church here, and I'd really love to have you come, and we'll come pick you up, and you can sit with Dale and I and just kind of make it easy for you and all this kind of stuff. And as Linda's talking to Skippy and sharing, she looks down, and Skippy's pin on her watch is like by Linda's foot, literally right by her foot. And Linda just goes, what the heck, you know? So she, she bends down and picks up the pin and says, Skippy, look at this. And Skippy goes, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. Like, I got to go to church, you know, kind of thing. And so, I'm, I'm, so to Linda, I'm being dead serious. I mean, it's funny, and it's a cool story, but Linda is saying God told Linda to go tell Skippy and invite Skippy to go to church. God put Linda right in the place where that pin was to impact Skippy and for Skippy in her mind to say, oh my gosh, God just did something. I just saw something supernatural take place. I want to respond to it, you know? So God orchestrated all these things, but Linda responded. Linda, and took her, took her a little while. Nothing wrong with that. Linda got to the point at the right time, at the right place, that she said, yes, Lord. Um, and Linda, so how does that relate to her gift? I, maybe Linda's gift is in sharing the Lord with people and inviting people to church and just making people feel welcome and, and that kind of thing. So again, just such a cool way to um, exhibit that gift of God. You know, I also want you just to kind of think of a couple things. One is that at least my own personal experience is that I wouldn't say that my gifts have changed over the course of my lifetime, but how they're used absolutely has. Um, you know, the way that God has led me to use my gifting when I was in my 20s or whatever is super different from what is going on now in my life. And in the last 10, 15 years, the Lord's just kind of led me in different ways, using the same gifts that I have, but into different, complete directions that I never even thought never even had any interest in, you know, kind of pursuing missions, mentoring, doing some things that the Lord has just put in front of me and said, this is what I want you to be doing, you know. So again, just understand that you're gifting. It's not like, okay, I do this and uh, this is all I do for the rest of my life. So it's something that uh, changes over time, can change as the Lord leads. And the important thing, and we're not going to get into this much, but, you know, gifting can be kind of a dicey thing too, because sometimes we can really attempt to even use the gifts that God has given us in our own strength. And the reality is, is that we have to do it out of the inner working of the Holy Spirit in us. I can't tell you how many times this guy down here, Bill Burr, he and I have known him, and we know each other really well, and we've been through a lot together. But there are times where he or I will say to one another, you know what? 
like, I've been going down this path, and I've been doing this thing, and I really thought it was kind of like I was working, you know, doing what the Lord wanted me to do, and I'm kind of realizing it's just been me. You know, this has been kind of my strength, my thought, my will, and then the Lord's kind of finally revealing it to me like, ay, 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 you know. Uh, <laughs> okay, missed that one, you know. <laughs> so, you know, it happens, but we need to find in in God, the grace to rely on his strength and his spirit to, uh, to do and exercise the gifts that we do. So uh, I want to read you a passage out of 1 Corinthians 12. This is in the message. It's a long one, so bear with me. I want you to think about how all this makes you more significant, not less. A body isn't just a single part blown up into something huge. It's all the different but similar parts arranged and functioning together. If the foot said, I'm not elegant like hand and embellished with rings, I guess I don't belong to this body, would that make it so? If ear said, I'm not beautiful like eye and transparent and expressive, I don't deserve a place on the head, would you want to remove it from the body? If the body was all eye, how could it hear? If it was all ear, how could it smell? As it is, we see that God has carefully placed each part of the body right where he wanted it. But I also want you to think about how this keeps your significance from getting blown up into self-importance. For no matter how significant you are, it is only because of what you are a part of. An enormous eye or a gigantic hand would be a body. It wouldn't be a body. It'd be a monster. What if what we have is one body with many parts, each its proper size in its proper place, no parts more important than on its own? Can you imagine eye telling hand, get lost? I don't need you. Or head telling foot, you're fired. Your job has been phased out. As a matter of fact, in practice, it works the other way. The lower the part, the more basic and therefore necessary. You can live without an eye, for instance, but not without a stomach. When it's a part of your own body you're concerned with, it makes no difference whether the part is visible or clothed, higher or lower. You give it dignity and honor just as it is, without comparisons. If anything, you have more concern for the lower parts than the higher. If you had to choose, wouldn't you prefer good digestion to a full-bodied head of hair? The way God designed our bodies is a model for understanding our lives, together as a church, every part dependent on every other part, the parts we mention and the parts we don't, the parts we see and the parts we don't. If one part hurts, every other part is involved in the hurt and in the healing. If one part flourishes every other part enters into exuberance. So um, we're going to do just a little bit of a... uh, uh, Some of you are visual learners, and I want to kind of get this point across visually. So Ernie is going to come up and uh, help me with a little bit of of a demonstration here. So Ernie, um, I'm going to... We're going to do this by... um, exercising your hands, and then we're going to exercise another part of your, your, your body. So uh, we have a piece of wood here. Mm-hmm. We have a screw and a screwdriver. So I just want you to take the screwdriver and put that screw in either one of those holes. Okay. And you don't have to go too far down, just enough that it kind of sticks in there. So Ernie's hands, is he doing a good job, or his hands doing what? Oh, yeah. A nice job? <laughs> Try to fix me too? Okay, I appreciate it. Okay, Ernie, so um, now I'm going to give you a little bit of a a benefit here. So, Ernie, Mm -hmm. uh, now the hand is, uh, you know, really Mm -hmm. thankful for how well it did that job. 
Now the hand is uh, going to say, hey, foot. <laughs> I want to see the foot. Uh, here's another screw, and here's the screwdriver. Okay. So I want you to put uh, that screw in the piece of wood with that screwdriver with your feet. Okay. You're cheating, Ernie. Can you? Okay, let okay, me try Yeah, this. go ahead, try that. Okay. Let's see. Here. And, and the hand is saying, hey, foot, what's wrong with you? You know, it like. Won't work. I did it. I did it really well. Any... Oh, yeah, let me see it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you, Ernie. You were. All right. So obviously, the, you know, the hand can't tell the foot, like, what's wrong with you? You know, I can put a screw in. I do that just fine. What's, what's the problem? So the foot, I was going to have Ernie do a jig up here, but I decided not to do that. <laughs> At his age, I thought, okay, we're going to, like, Anybody in EMT in here? No, you would have done just fine, Ernie. So the foot can't tell the body, or the foot, you know, the hand can't tell the foot what to do or that we don't need you and that kind of stuff. Um, so we see how important it is that what we're all designed for. But Paul, in that passage that we read in the message, is not just talking about how we need one another to, um, to exhibit the fullness of Christ in the body, but he sheds two light on two different tendencies that we as human beings have in the family of God, we do this, and it can really uh, be problematic at times. The first problematic tendency that uh, that passage in um, 1 Corinthians talks about is that no member of the body can or should ever feel superior to another. Um, so I'm just going to fess up personally. You know, I'm in my uh, kind of personal kind of way, I think I tend to be um, kind of uh, judgmental. I'm uh, definitely somebody who thinks I'm better than others at times, and the Lord's worked on this in my whole life, so I'm not nearly what I used to be. Anybody else like that, honestly? Just kind of feel sometimes like, well, I can do things a little bit better than other people, that kind of thing. But in God's view, there's no place for that to ever exist. It doesn't matter what your role is, visible or invisible, big or small, flashy, mundane. In God's eyes, we're all the same uh, and it says this in Philippians 2.3, to do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility to count others as more important than yourself. Or another way to look at it in layman's terms is this uh, famous quote, it's not about you. <laughs> Anyone like that? Sometimes you kind of think things are a little bit more about me than maybe other people. I... I did that quote because that is something I have had to work on. The second problematic tendency that uh, Paul talks about in that passage is that no member should ever feel like your contribution to the body is less than anyone else's or less important. Um, again, there's no grounds to ever feel inadequate, to feel insufficient. Again, anybody inadequate, insufficient, struggle with that sometimes, just feeling like, you know, you look at other people and think, wow, you know, yeah, they can. I'm not so sure I can. There's lots of times that I feel inadequate, frankly, even in doing what I'm doing right now. Um, every time that I get up here, I feel honestly insufficient and inadequate, and the Lord has had to work on that in me. And through putting my trust in Him, He helps me through it. Um, in Matthew 19, Jesus told us, but many who are first will be last, and the last first and that is such a gracious, loving perspective of God 
for us. His whole view of us, the view of the world, is so different from how the world looks at us. Um, Charles Spurgeon says this. I think it's just a wonderful quote. Be wise and attend to obeying. Let Christ manage the providing. Our role, trust the Lord. Obey the Lord. God's role, provide for us and use us. So we're going to come in for a landing here, and we're going to come in for a landing by doing an exercise. And this is something that involves everybody, everybody sitting in the room. Uh, Bridge, this involves you guys are going to participate in this. If you're in the commons and watching, you're participating. If you're at home right now, you're participating. Everybody's going to participate in this exercise. And what I'm going to do is going to give everybody about three or four minutes And you're going to turn and talk to someone who is sitting right by you. You can talk in twos or threes, fours, whatever you want. But have a conversation with somebody who is right by you. And I want you to take turns as time allows and share with one another how you see God having gifted you in some way, shape, or form, and specifically how you will use whatever that gift is, in the next week or two to have an impact on the body of Christ. I, I, honestly, I don't want you to be shy. Don't you know, feel this is not a time to feel inadequate or insufficient. This is a time to have confidence in who you are and how the Lord has made you. Um, if you struggle to answer that, and that's a legitimate thing, you know, honestly, I'm really not quite sure what it is. Um, Talk about something that maybe you think you would like to see as a giftedness in you and how you might use that. Or ask the other person, what do you see in me? How do you see the Lord having worked in my life in a way that I can serve the body? So, um, so I'm going to be the timekeeper. Uh, we're going to do this for three or four minutes. So wherever you are in the bridge online right now, take three or four minutes and have a conversation with somebody by you What is your gift and how are you going to use that in the next couple of weeks to serve the body of Christ? I really hope that this was both fun and I really hope that this was meaningful to you. I hope that out of this conversation that you just had, that perhaps there's a new insight. Perhaps there's a renewed courage. Perhaps there is just a a challenge or a joy that came out of this conversation that you just had, either for yourself or for the person that you were talking to. Um, And I want to just close with a couple of quotes that I think really help wrap up this this consideration and conversation about being stewards of how God has gifted us. First one is this from Andrew Murray. The world asks, what does a man own? Christ asks... How does he use it? That's something to really think about. So it's not about what we own. It's not ours. None of it is. It all came from, all belongs to God. God's question to you, God's question to me, and we're not talking about, I mean, it's everything really, but we're talking about the gift. Who are you? Who are you as a person? How are you using who God made you to be to serve the body of Christ? The next one, uh, it is not what I do that matters, but what a sovereign God chooses to do through me. God does not want worldly successes. He wants me. God doesn't want worldly successes. He wants you. He wants my heart in submission to him. Life is not just a few years to spend on my self-indulgence and career advancement. It's a privilege, 
a responsibility, a stewardship to be lived according to a much higher calling, God's calling. This alone gives true meaning to life. And lastly, uh, just what Peter said in 1 Peter 4.11, that in order that everything, in everything, God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. And we all said, that's what it's all about, guys. Everything that we do, that it glorify Jesus Christ and glorify our Father. So would you just pray with me? Uh, as we move forward into the new year, I just want to uh, kind of begin announcements by sharing with you where we're going to be going in the teaching component. Uh, you know, the last few weeks I've been sharing with you kind of some foundational, maybe drive the stake in the ground, biblical truths to help launch us into 2023. Uh, for the next four weeks, we're actually going to continue sort of in that broad theme, but we're going to be looking at biblical stewardship. And depending on your church background, you may be very familiar with stewardship, you may not. Uh, but I just want to let you know that's where we're going. Uh, I'm going to be including the elders in the teaching component of that. We have some very gifted teachers here, and so Mark's going to be uh, bringing the word today. And I'm really hoping, my prayer in doing this is that collectively as a church, moving into 2023, and then for you as an individual and you as a family, that through the teaching of stewardship, right, that God would speak to us. And that we would begin to understand what it is to manage, that's what stewardship is, really management, of all that God has given us. You know, sometimes in our, in our lives we, we get caught up with sort of, especially in our culture, we live in a very private ownership. It's mine, I bought it, I can do what I want with it, you know. And truthfully, from a biblical perspective, we're just stewards of it all. Whether it's uh, a little or it's plenty, the unifying truth for all, everyone in the church is that we're just a steward of it all. And so over the next several weeks, uh, my prayer is that we would all grow in this area and that we would respond to what God speaks to us about biblical stewardship. A few announcements as we continue to move into the new year. Our annual meeting, February 18th at 9.30 a.m. Uh, if you're new to the church uh, and you're new to sort of the concept of annual meetings, it's something we need to do legally as a 501c3 uh, corporation in California. Uh, but beyond the legal aspect, what we do is we review uh, the budget and kind of went through what we uh, experienced and praise God for in 2022. And then once we get through all that, we share the vision for 2023. And, uh, you know, be honest with you, I know sometimes you're like annual meeting and most of you go, ugh, right? There's this collective, ugh. Uh, but we encourage you. It, it, it's important. It matters. Um, the Lord has been so faithful over 13 years that we've been a church to provide uh, the elders here incredible stewards of the resources he provides. So annual meeting is coming up. We invite all of you. Uh, also, in 2023, we're going to start today uh, updating our database. If you don't know, we have a database with names and addresses, emails, all that kind of stuff. Uh, every once in a while, we need to update it and uh, do our best to stay on top of it. We know, so we know we live in a fluid culture and so if you would like to make sure that your information that we have is current, uh, Ailey will be at a table out front uh, with a computer. You can just pop over there and uh, give her name, your name, and she'll just see what we have, and you can update anything that needs to be updated. Uh, a ministry opportunity moving forward. This is a homeless shelter. Some of you know that for years and years in the Ohio Valley, various churches have participated in the homeless shelter. 
Uh, well, we have an opportunity. We're going to be providing lunches or meals the third and fourth Sunday of each month. And what we have is an opportunity, if you would like to participate in the donation component of that. Okay, it's not necessarily making the meals. It's donations. So there will be a sign-up sheet on the welcome cart. And uh, Cindy, is it Cindy Mullins? It's going to be contacting you. If you would like to be on the uh, you know, on-call list for donations for the homeless lunches moving forward, it's kind of like a month-to-month as-needed basis, sign up and uh, get an opportunity to bless the community by just donating uh, to the lunches. Uh, administration kind of component here, 2022 giving statements. Uh, we do our best to get them out to you. I know that many of you need it for tax purposes. So there's three ways that you can um, get your tax statement for 2022. Uh, starting today, uh, Pastor Tyler has a bunch of hard copies uh, of those. He'll be out front. So if you see Pastor Tyler, give him your name. He'll give you a hard copy. There's also two, two other options you see there on the boards. Uh, snail mail, we still mail it out if you want to do that. And then email uh, bill at obcfchurch.org for both of those options. Uh, this is also, um, also on our bulletin and our website if you need more information, but uh, we really want to get those out to you as soon as possible. Women's ministry. Uh, Kathy is inviting all the ladies to kind of participate, right, Kathy, and in seeking the Lord together and in hearing from you about the vision for 2023 and beyond. Uh, How many ladies here have done the survey? Anyone? Okay, a number of you. We encourage you ladies in the lobby right there. There's a uh, piece of paper says Women's Ministry Survey. There's some in the Commons, and also online. If you go to the homepage, you can scroll down. Uh, Kathy and her team would really love to hear from you about your input and about you personally. So take a few moments. It doesn't take that long. Uh, and it, what it does is it helps her and her team seek the Lord for the vision and direction of women's ministry. Uh, and sometimes, you know, in church, we feel like, oh, well, it's just the leaders and they set the agenda and they never want to hear from us. Well, this is actually an opportunity uh, for you ladies collectively um, to participate. Okay, so take a few moments and, and do that survey. And then uh, finally, Jordan, come on up. All right, we got one last announcement. It's a youth announcement, of course. I'm sure you guys saw that coming. Uh, you know, we, we have an event coming up. Uh, last year, at the end of the school year, we did our first all-nighter. And uh, it was wild. Uh, a couple students stayed up all night. I was impressed by it. And I was like, you know, I kind of want to make it a challenge to see if the students, all the students can do that. So we're going to do that again. And it's going to be February 17th, which is a Friday. It'll go to Saturday. Uh, the next day it would be from 6.30 p.m. Friday to 8 a.m. Saturday. Uh, and we're also going to be going to Sky Zone, uh, which has changed. It was Defy. Now it's back to Sky Zone. So we're going to go there for a couple hours. They have the, uh, it's like the... Like turn off all the lights and it's all glow in the dark. So we haven't done that yet. So we're going to do that for a couple hours, uh, go down in the evening, come back, and then just have a night of fun and probably no sleep. So if you're willing to send your students to that, we'll be doing that. Uh, signups are by February 8th, which is a Wednesday, I believe. Uh, and the, the money, it's, it's about 40 bucks to cover the you know, ticket for going there and some gas. Uh, so please sign up by the 8th. And uh, the cost, you can you know, send that to me whenever up until when we leave. And, of course, if you have any questions, you can always email me, call me, text me, or you know, just catch me here. So uh, with that, if you would stand, we're going to continue in worship, and I'm going to pray for us.